0: From Microsoft New Zealand, I'm Daniel Larson and this is Azure Lunch, a podcast about Microsoft Azure in short digestible chunks, where we discuss cloud computing from a Kiwi perspective with architects, engineers, and technical specialists from around the world. Azure Lunch is sponsored by Microsoft Fast Track for Azure, a team of engineers and program managers dedicated to helping you to be successful in Azure. Learn more at Azure.com slash FastTrack. In this fascinating interview recorded at Microsoft Build 2019, I talk with Sharad Agrawal, Program Manager at Microsoft, about Azure Front Door. This remarkable service fronts some of the largest web properties on the planet, including Bing, Teams, Azure DevOps, Xbox and many more, serving millions of requests per second. Azure Front Door is now generally available to all customers, offering a truly global Layer 7 load balancer with web application firewall, DDoS protection, automatic SSL certificate management, and much more. Sit back and enjoy as Sherad takes us deep into the service and the Microsoft global network that powers it. As always, Sherad and I are employees of Microsoft and our opinions are our own. Sharad, thank you so much for talking to me on the Azure Lunch podcast. Um, First of all, can you introduce yourself and and what do you do at Microsoft?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm Sharad Agrawal. I'm the product manager for Azure Front Door. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also take care of um, the capacity and infrastructure for all of Azure Front Door, as well as Azure CDN from Microsoft.
0: So, for those of us who haven't heard of Azure Front Door, I mean, it was a relatively recent announcement. Tell us about Azure Front Door. What is it and why is it important?
1: Yeah. It'll be a long answer because it does so many things, yes, uh, but exactly. I'll try and capture based on the priority list that we, when we talk to customers what we see the most enthusiasm about. Okay. So one of the top things that Front door is, is a, it's a global load balancer. Right. So it can load balance traffic or fail away traffic or provide you instant failover across regions. So let's say if you're deployed in two regions, let's say one in US Central and the other one in let's say Hong Kong and you're, you have global users, or even if you have regional users spread across all of US or spread across all of, let's say, Oceania or spread across all of Ape, like APAC region, Asia-Pacific region, mm-hmm. you want to still ensure that uh, you're up all the time and running. Yes. So Fronto gives you this benefit that you can do fast failover. Now, yes. one of the Im- immediate questions that comes to me with that is like, oh, how does it differ from traffic managers? I was just going to ask you that question. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let me come to that okay, I'll, and, sure. I'll, and I'll answer why, 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 how it differs and yeah, what, yeah. what is the recommendation there the second thing that fronto provides is it provides you application web acceleration or website acceleration yes uh, so we handle not just um, faster delivery for static assets or static content but also dynamic content so we accelerate your dynamic content yes so um, it's an application delivery network yeah. so even of things that we have to always go and fetch from the origin we can accelerate that content super strongly like we can i do these demos all the while but i mean from any other any A lot depends on where I'm doing the demo from, but I've seen improvements around 300 milliseconds to 500 milliseconds, depending on the place I am, pulling a 100 KB object directly from the origin, versus pulling it via front door from the origin, right? without any caching. Uh, The third thing we talk about is WAF capabilities. So you get a web application firewall, you can basically stop any attacks Mm -hmm. on uh, any HTTP, HTTPS attacks. Basically, let's say through your web application firewall, you can write your own custom rules to uh, allow or block traffic based on client IP, uh, whitelisting, blacklisting. Or you can do based on, let's say, Mm geo-filtering or things around any HTTP parameters, URL parameters, uh, there's so many things that you can write custom rules on. Yes. You can do rate limiting using Azure Front Door. Oh, you really? can also do, yeah, you can do, and you can, these are all ordered lists. So you can say, you can mix and match these custom rules like, a, okay, I take priority on client IP, and mm-hmm. after that, rate limiting or otherwise, wow. so you can mix and match these custom rules. The other thing you get with WAF is a pre-configured rule set that we have. That protects you against uh, the top uh, ten OWASP vulnerabilities. The OWASP top ten, which Brilliant. is the o- yeah the o- Open Web Application Security Protocol. Okay. So it just safeguards you. We have a pre-configured rule set that you can just deploy, and you're by default just immediately protected against uh, restricted files, or SQL injection, cross-site scripting, and those kind of things. Right. Yeah. And it's very simple, straightforward. Yes. Um, we also give you DDoS protection oh, so. as part of the security. Okay, so, and is
0: rate limiting part of that, or would you describe this? So as sort of,
1: feature? it's our when we talk about a DDoS story, that's mm-hmm. kind of we talk about rate limiting right, along with that. Right. Uh, the way it happens is because we are a layer seven load analysis, HTTP, HTTPS. Yes. Any other traffic that we see that is non-HTTP, HTTPS, like any TCP SYN attacks or UDP mm-hmm. attacks and those kind of things, even HTTP, HTTPS requests not happening on eighty or four four three ports. We just drop it at our mm-hmm. edge pops. Okay. Like we don't even let that through. Wow. Um, so that's <laughs> like immediately, suddenly, your your application is protected against all these kind of attacks. And the benefit of doing that at the edge uh, is that you want to stop these attacks closer to the user yes. rather than closer to your application, so that you don't have to worry about the scaling out or uh, yes. scaling up at the time when you're under attack under duress. that right. you have to think about it. Yeah. The last thing is um, really matters a lot for uh, for some of our uh, small and medium-sized customers, which is we provide free. Um Certificate and domain management. So we give you free certificates. You can just come to us, you onboard your custom domain with us, and uh, we kind of give you, we'll generate a c- certificate via DigiCert for you. Mm-hmm. You can get your own certificate. We'll we integrate well with Key Vault as well, Azure yes. Key Vault. So both options are available. You can onboard like hundreds of do- custom domains, and you can have as many. Like you can have certificates for each of these. We don't charge one one cent as well for that.
0: That's outstanding in SSL. I mean, so that means we're deploying certificates onto the onto the Edge and are we decrypting and re encrypting traffic? Or yes. Yeah,
1: one? so Front Door basically terminates your uh, TCP and SSL uh, connections mm-hmm. at the edge. Right. Across all of the POPs, we have around um, 70 POPs across, 70 plus POPs across 65 plus metros. Yes. Um, and what we do is we do, we terminate these TCP and SSL connections at the edge right. so that means the user is able to make the TCP and SSL handshakes really really fast because it's very close to them they are not have to having to go across the oceans yes. to make those connections okay. the, and then we we maintain these warm connections to the back end from our pops so right. that means when a, when we get the request when we have made the TCP and SSL handshake, we are immediately able to forward the request instead of like establishing a connection to the back end yeah. and things like that. There's a warm, we get around 90 to 95% connection reuse very, very easily. Yes. Um, we keep, keep monitoring that. Right. Uh, and so that accelerates the content. So that's what leads to this performance improvement or acceleration, even for dynamic content when we have to go to the back end to fetch the content.
0: Right. right. And, and for our enterprise folks and our real really security conscious folks, can we re encrypt traffic? Yes, as yes. Well? In okay.
1: fact, we recommend uh, that you re encrypt the traffic when you forward the request from AFD to your. Um, backend that you send it over as HTTPS because Front Door only works with public endpoints. We don't connect within your VNet. So when you are connecting Front Door to, let's say, um, an application gateway or an app service or an API management Mm. or Kubernetes cluster, you are connecting Front Door is connecting to a public IP, Mm. publicly resolvable DNS name or something. Mm. So you want to obviously send the traffic again as HTTPS when we're forwarding instead of sending HTTP. Within the VNet you can always have um, HTTP only requests flowing through inside. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, that's really good. So, why is WAN Acceleration, is that what you call it? The WAN Acceleration? Sort of, yeah. 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 So why is that important for customers in New Zealand specifically?
1: Oh yeah, so a um, couple of things. So one, the reason why we also call it WAN Acceleration uh, is uh, Front Door actually uh, is a unique um, offering in this from, a, from an application delivery network perspective because well. mm-hmm. when we Transmit the uh, the request from our POPS to your backends. We don't do it over uh, open internet like most other CDNs, etc. Will do it. Mm. We actually use Microsoft's backbone. We use Microsoft's WAN to transfer all that content or like get the content from your backend sitting in Azure. Or even Google, mm. or Amazon Cloud, or mm-hmm. your own on-prem data center. If suppose it's not on Azure, we take it as much as possible on our backbone, and then we exit locally to like based on the peering, etc. And we reach out to your wherever your other da- your data center or your application is hosted, right. which gives us a lot of network reliability because it's kind of get getting a f- dedicated freeway for your content. It's like a private. It's our. It's our, it's our we, network. Yes, it's our fiber. Yeah, and we are the second largest network out there in the world. As so mm-hmm. um, the New Zealand, particularly or Oceania region. Yes. For example, we currently have uh, five pops, five metro. We are definitely present in five metros. I'm not, I can count that for you. Like it's sure. in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth, Auckland. Right. Across uh, these five metros, we are definitely present. I'm not able to recollect. Probably there's a sixth one as well. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we are. We have a, already. We already have a very good presence to begin with. Yes. And um, so. We are able to immediately connect to the users in that region or make their TCP SSL yes. handshakes, and then we have the, we have Microsoft's backbone connecting these pops to Microsoft uh, exactly. like Azure regions or wherever other wherever your application is hosted on Azure, even if it's not on Azure, as I said, it's very, um, yeah. So that kind of gives a lot of access.ion The other point I would want to make here is, um, front door, is not a new service. Mm-hmm. We have been using it internally for years, like six seven years yes. now. Uh, we started with Bing. We have started onboarding Office 365, like Exchange Online, SharePoint Online, Microsoft Teams, um, Skype, all these massive services, multi-billion dollar services. Yes. They're using a huge portion of their traffic runs on uh, Azure Front Door. They got At they're, global they're all, scale, right? At global truly scale. global scale. Yes, and so uh, things like Azure DevOps, for example, I would say around 99.99% of their global traffic goes via Azure Front Door. So other than like few things which have some feature dependencies, etcetera, we run these massive volumes of traffic. um, So we can handle this massive volumes of SSL offload for you. Right. Like so, you don't have. We don't. When customers come and ask us, like, okay, how much traffic can you handle? (laughs) It's tough for us to give numbers because at peak we are doing multi-million requests per second. Yes. Like. Yeah, it's huge uh, uh, when, when we are running at peak. Yeah. No, so it's, it's it's very easy for us to handle those volumes of traffic. Yeah.
0: Let me let me t- uh, let me repeat this back to you to make sure that we've understood. So to me, the the really attractive part of that is that w- now we're on the Microsoft network. This is a, a private network that Microsoft own, yeah. which is you know, and from a New Zealand perspective, is crossing the Tasman to our nearest Azure region, which is Australia, yeah. and that allows us to provide, I guess, we call that the quality of service or the the capacity that's going to give the best possible experience oh, yeah. for our
1: customers. Yes. So we we run our own miles and miles of uh, fibers and subsea cables across from these pops to whatever on region, Azure regions, or even there are cases where like, um, like we have peering outside yes. um, of Azure regions as well. So we are able to take this traffic to the right. Let's say if your application is deployed in, let's say, the Sydney region mm. of Azure, from New Zealand you just hop on to the uh, to the fiber at uh, like to our, to our pop in Auckland mm-hmm. and we immediately f- take it over to um, the the Sydney data center. So we're not
0: competing with other traffic, with other types of traffic? No, no, you know, it's, a, it's a
1: dedicated fiber so it's yeah, uh, we right. ensure that we are we having enough capacity on these uh, van links. Of, that.
0: okay. And that's a global network, all, all of our regions yeah. and all of our data centers are connected yeah. in that way yeah. aren't
1: they? Yeah and uh, we kind of always we keep a constant monitor and check okay from each of the points are we taking the most optimized route to reach the other point. Let's say um, the request came in in Auckland. Now if I have to reach from Auckland to London or Auckland to um, let's say Bay Area in US or um, let's say in Hong Kong, am I taking, is the van configured correctly that it's taking the most optimized route? That's the other part of van acceleration as you call it. And there's just this links that we manage and we ensure that we have enough capacity on these links that allows for all of that.
0: Yeah, okay, excellent. And I mean, it sounds like, like, Azure Front Door is an amazing product when we go into the portal and we use it. But it, to me, the, the really interesting thing about this is that we've got this incredible networking infrastructure, which is enabling a software product. I'm a software developer and I'm just fascinated by the, the convergence really of you know, networking and software. I mean, we couldn't build this, a product like Front Door, without that networking infrastructure, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the key value, as I said, comes because we are using our van Yes. For routing or forwarding the request to your yeah. application origins or backends or endpoints whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah that's that's, right. that's a key thing that it's a huge portion of our, that's what also allows us to do these immediate fast failovers because we look at the network, we keep monitoring the network, we know yes. what is, um, uh, coming back to the question around traffic manager or things mm. like that. Mm. So for example, um, traffic manager is a DNS-based load balancing system, mm-hmm. so which means that at let's say, if your if one of your regions, let's say uh, your London deployment is down, mm-hmm. but your Hong Kong deployment is still up and running, mm. now you want to route, you want to fail over all your users who are going to the London region now over to the Hong Kong. This could be an active-active failover. This could also be an active-passive failover, mm-hmm. where Hong Kong now suddenly wakes up because London right. is down. In the case of traffic manager, which is a DNS-based load balancing system, this can take minutes to yes. hours yes. because it's a DNS. Some unit somewhere will cache the DNS. It could be that the clients are caching the DNS entry. Like mm-hmm. There are browsers which cache DNS, like the Google Chrome, for example, Chrome browsers, they cache DNS for 1,000 seconds, which mm-hmm. is around 16 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things like an ISP, small ISP somewhere. It's an expensive operation for them to invalidate the DNS cache based on like, on a regular basis. So what mm-hmm. they do, there are times when they'll refresh the DNS cache once, in, uh, once every hour, mm-hmm. once every four hours. In the worst cases we have seen it happens over every, like over a 24 hour period right. and not respecting the DNS details. So like you can set the DNS detail to be 10 seconds, but they will not honor it yeah. They'll refresh it when they want to. Um, so
0: that's really interesting. So how do we do that differently in Front Door that, that yeah. prevents so, this invalidation validation Yeah,
1: so Front Door is in literally in your data bar. The way we do it is first, we are in an anycast based architecture. Yes. So all of our pops across the globe, whenever we, we talk about these 65 plus metros, all of them announce, let's say, I'm www.bing.com,
0: yes. right?
1: And the client always gets the same IP because any cast, they always get the same IP. Right. So what happens is even if one of our pop goes down or let's say we're doing some maintenance, or there's some cable cut or whatever happens mm-hmm. in that, from that aspect, the border gateway protocol automatically takes care of realizing, okay, who's announcing this IP right now? and it picks up the shortest one that is based on the number of hops so if the pop our pop is like we it's not able to reach that pop because it's not announcing that dns entry anymore that ip address anymore it automatically flips to the next nearest pop of ours so the failover happens at that level you the client for example is never getting a change in the dns entry no, exactly. it always remains the same ip for them yes on the back end we send health probes to each of your back ends There's the hong kong or the and the london we send constantly from each of the pops we are sending a health probe to each of the uh, deployments that you have right and we not just measure the availability but also the latency from that pop mm-hmm. so let's say our Auckland pop will see a totally different profile mm-hmm. based compared to let's say our Johannesburg pop in South Africa yes. because the latencies will differ they could be connectivity issues happening from one pop versus the other the availability or the latency profiles can very drastically from these pops. Mm. And so, based on that, we're able to do this quick failover, not just based on the availability of the application, but also the um, latencies that we're seeing from that That's pop to the- From as
0: close from yeah. the client's perspective as possible. Yes. That's really interesting. And then, therefore, the IP address is no longer the, no longer the routing rule. No. You've got the Anycast protocol. I mean, and I'm not a networking guy, but it sounds yeah. like the Anycast protocol is taking care of what is the optimum path to get to that, right. get
1: to that point, as um, that right? The other thing to do, do that uh, to, to explain on that is because we are a layer seven system, yes. um, we can do these funky things like path-based load balancing, uh, yeah. which is like, okay, bing.com slash users yes. go here. www.bing.com yeah. dot, 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 slash search. Right. Go here slash images. Go to the server. I love that. I've or you actually can
0: done that, sending a request to a storage account or yeah. to an app service. Or and
1: typically, people talk about this at a particular um, yeah, within the application boundary, look yeah. doing it within the VMs. Right. But we can do it at a global scale, sitting right. one level up yeah. and across regions. We can do so. You can basically fail over individual microservices across regions Amazing. and not just the full app wow. because at the domain layer. So that's that's, the that's another key cool. benefit yeah. that you get yeah. with Frontdoor.
0: Wow, that's really really cool. So. I don't know, well, I haven't seen an official announcement of the Edge pop node in Auckland. Maybe there has been, but I, I missed it.
1: Um, so we have, no actually, uh, so we, sh- as I said, we share the same infrastructure as uh, Azure Front Door and Azure CDN from Microsoft. Right. We share the exact same pop locations, that the okay. entire infrastructure. is yes. So Shared. that's
0: been in New Zealand for a while?
1: Oh yeah, it's been there for, since the Microsoft CDN has been there, so which is right? almost a year now. Okay, yeah.
0: so then since we announced Azure Front Door and it just went GA um, recently, yeah. that means yeah, we, we're using that Auckland's pop yes. node oh, yes. now? Yep. Great, yeah. so we get yeah. on and use that. Yeah, well, in
1: fact, we are very soon going to increas- increase the capacity in Auckland as well. Yes, yeah. I
0: heard that we just announced yesterday, or well, sorry, uh, just, when, just before we recorded this, that the uh, express route um, pop node is is being uh, is becoming available in Auckland as well, which is yeah. great news for our yeah. Express. Yeah, I've customers. been
1: hearing that feedback uh, yeah. from, we have been hearing that feedback from customers from a long time. Um, yeah. And so yes, we are actually quite happy to announce that. Yes, we have now Express.org connectivity via Auckland in New Zealand. Basically. Yeah, that's really yeah. good.
0: So what else can you tell me about that pop PopNode that, that's in Auckland? I mean, anything you can share publicly in terms of, you know, what does that look like? Or uh,
1: so it's a small pop right now, yeah. as I said. Yeah. Uh, Uh, we were earlier using it only for like as I said we have been internal so only Microsoft web workloads were there as we're growing we have enough capacity already but we are also expanding that pop significantly we'll have a much bigger pop with much bigger capacity much bigger with links to the backbone and things like that as we grow uh, very soon so, so
0: I'm sitting in my, uh, you know, in my office in, in Auckland. I'm, I open up my browser and I'm connecting to to that POP node in Auckland, and, and you know most of that communication, you know, in, the handshaking and that sort of thing. Yeah, is in, in
1: all likelihood, we are doing that because, and I'll, I'll explain why. Yes. Because and typically, CDNs don't talk about it. A right. lot of the connectivity depends on how well are you peering with the top internet service providers in that region. Right. So we ensure, like Microsoft, we try and ensure that we are always peering with the top providers in each and every. Metro that we are present in, mm-hmm. so yes, um, we are peering, uh, uh with the I, I don't remember at the top of my head right now, mm-hmm. but we ensure that, and we know from our experience with the first party workloads that we have a good peering at yes. the Auckland POP already. Yeah, um,
0: we might do a follow up on that because I've heard some really great stories about that, but it'd be good to get the the stories straight. But yes, certainly I've heard some excellent peering stories with some yeah. of our large telcos yeah. in New Zealand. And some
1: of that should also be public on the peering DB. Right, right, it's okay. Most oh, of any peering, it's at Rizol, usually all public, yeah, so you can, yeah. people can go and check that out. Okay, yeah.
0: that's really good. So, and finally, just to wrap this up, I mean, what's the sweet spot for Azure Front Door versus, say, CDN versus application gateway V2. I know you can combine the products, but yeah. you know what would be the sweet spot for yeah. Azure Front Door? So, so
1: let me explain. So when we look at Azure CDN versus Azure right. Front Door, uh, we say that the Azure CDN is meant more for static content. So we, hmm. if you're doing volumes of static content delivery, you should be using Azure CDN. You should not be using Front Door because right. if that's your core scenario and that's all that you worry about and you're not so much into dynamic content acceleration or mm. global load balancing mm. or WAF and all those things, you can use Azure Seed because it will always give you a much better price point.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Azure Front Door, as I said, it can also do static content, but you can it's primarily for your website acceleration, like the, the dynamic content acceleration or your global load balancing, these kind of capabilities, um, but for small JavaScript files, etc., that you also want to cache with front door you can do that because you, because you may not want to complicate your architecture your deployment architecture so right. you just want get you just use this for as a one stop service for mm-hmm. for all these requirements um, comparing to application gateway for example uh, it's not an either or thing between front door and application gateway yeah. we we talk more in terms of better together story yeah. which yeah. is like we should be uh, if you're running a web application uh, you can use front door in front and you can use application gateway behind front door mm. uh, Uh, things that Front Door cannot do because we are not a regional service. For example, we can't connect to the VNet. So if you want to do path-based load balancing between your VMs, you can use App Gateway for that. If you want 100% SSL offload, you don't want to do with SSL at your application deployment place. Uh, So you can use Application Gateway because from Front Door to Application Gateway, you can send the encrypted, like re-encrypted HTTPS traffic. But within the VNet, from App Gateway to your VMs, you can simply do um, HTTP traffic. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. there are also session affinity scenarios. You want session to session do extend the session affinity, session affinity not just at the endpoint level, but also to the VM level. You can do those kind of things. Yeah. You get this better together story very nicely. Yeah. Exactly.
0: I think we're seeing architecture topologies which are really mixing. You know, all of those products that we
1: talked about together. This yeah. And as I said, the, the the key difference is that like whereas application gateway, you're using to load balance between your VMs or your containers, you're using Azure Front Door to load balance between your public endpoints or your scale units or your clusters and things like that. It's like a regional versus a global scale thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an either or, it's more like how, how do we? How do you stitch them together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the rules engine in Azure Front Door. Uh, it, it, to me, it's quite simplistic, but very, very easy to understand. I mean, in terms of you know the the way that you prioritize the rules and the and the matches and, yeah. and that sort of thing. Was that a deliberate design decision, or you know, we have been?
1: Uh, as I said, we've been there internally for like six, seven years. Right. That has that system has matured yeah. over years. We so have learned a lot, so we that, wanted yeah. to make, keep it. Uh, we even when we were onboarding our internal first-party customers. Uh, we realized over time. Okay, this is actually quite intuitive. Like you have these domains, mm-hmm. you have some bunch of backends. You yeah. want to write a mapping between the domains and which, based on which path, it should go to which backend. Mm-hmm. Simple story there. So we tried design when we des- we went out to design the UX for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, working with the Azure portal team, we kept yeah. that in mind. We ensured that the right inputs are going across and that their designer team came back with such beautiful design. I mean, I experience it. and all yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, on the rules engine, mm-hmm. actually, have an announcement. We have very soon uh, in the next like. I'm not sure, uh, as we're recording it right now, in the next couple of weeks or the week, uh, we will be enhancing the routing rules capability. So Mm -hmm. currently, it's a flat based on the protocol, the domain, and the paths. Mm -hmm. We will add additional conditional routing capabilities, Mm -hmm. things around, um, you can say, okay, if this header is present, Excellent. Then route to this other backend pool instead of the current yeah. backend pool. If there is, uh, let's say, coming user coming from this region, route here instead of the existing oh. backend pool. We'll, that's uh, good. we'll also ups. be doing it for cache settings and things like that. Okay, based on this, right. if there's caching enabled on a particular route, change the expiry time to this or enable caching and things really? like that. You will mm-hmm. be able to do header injection and manipulation, which is like, when, crud- yeah, header yeah. cross sort on of scenarios, which is from front door to your when we are forwarding the request to your origins yes. or your backends, add this header, update this header, modify or delete wow. this header. Or when we are f- responding back to the client, that is from front door to the client, you can again add, uh, update, or delete headers and things like that. So yeah. all a big. Very uh, rich uh, rules, yeah. conditional rules capability is something that we'll be launching very, very soon.
0: Yeah, good stuff, and I, yeah. I know internally you've got a, you've got a big roadmap ahead of you, and we're really excited about some of the things yes. And We might have to get you back at another time to talk about those. Definitely, features as yeah, we're drives. more than happy to talk to you, man. Awesome, thank you <laughs> yeah. so much, Sharad. Really good talking to you, and thanks. Yeah, this for has been a great conversation. Like.
1: Yeah, really interesting questions. Thanks yeah. so awesome. much, man. No All yeah, right, thanks for your time.
0: Azure Lunch is sponsored by Microsoft Fast Track for Azure, a team of engineers and program managers dedicated to helping you to be successful in Azure. Learn more at azure.com/fasttrack.